Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that is back, back in... Well, not quite isolation, but remote recording mode. My, my name is Tosin and I am your host. I am I have left the Isle of Wight where I was last week and I am now a scone in the middle of the country, far away from water, which actually at this time of the year might be a good thing with all the floods we're having. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah boy, far away from water. And joining me on the Isle of Wight as always are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. Now, yes, as the name says, we're Netflix Cinema. We're a podcast in which we go to the cinema each week. We watch a couple of things at cinema, watch a couple of things at home on various streaming platforms. We just use Netflix to represent all of those. We give them all a score out of five, and then we say, where was our money better spent this week? So, with that in mind, what have you guys been watching this week? Well, I've been... It's quite funny, really. I thought I would have seen quite a lot, but I haven't really... I haven't really, I don't know, I don't know where the time's gone, to be fair. Um, what did I do? Oh, I did go to the Vent the Fringe on Monday. Oh, that's that a Fringe fact. Festival on the Isle of Wight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, normally, I, I would catch a movie then. I saw Old uh, yesterday. Oh, so, yeah, Old, yeah. The M. Night so, movie. And TV-wise, I've been, I was trying to think. I mean, I, I, I know I've seen other stuff. I think I've seen, I think I might have. But I just can't for life me remember. I need to write things down. But I did watch Aliens. I did watch Aliens. Oh, that's oh. a rewatch of Aliens. And sometimes, oh yeah, I've rewatched quite stuff. I rewatched Midway, um, and a few others that have been on. So I'm quite happy to watch those. There are some films that I can watch again and again. Oh, and I know why the weekend. I did. Um, I should have sent you that, shouldn't I? I did. Uh, I did the 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 over the weekend. I did the Battle of Islandwana and the Battle of Rourke's Drift. Not as with little soldiers. <laughs> right, well, well, like, well, you play. You, I was like, uh, wait, what? I don't know. I don't know. I'd see, see, just see if this will work. I don't know. If, I don't know if it will. But um, if I uh, go on my gallery and let's see if we can do this one, uh, see if we can get it. I just start it off. <laughs> go to the beginning. Well, okay, so while, while Sean is pulling that up, Cheryl, how yeah. about you? What have you seen this week? I went to a cinema and I saw Off the Rails. Okay. Uh, and then I also spent an evening in watching Kingdom, Ashen of the North. Kingdom, Ashen of the North. That Now, this sounds... All right, because of, um, sometimes we become cliches of ourselves. This sounds like um, you have gone on and watched something that was fantasy. Well, it's fantasy horror. His, fantasy his, horror. Oh, well, it's Korean historic Ooh. fantasy horror. A Korean fantasy horror. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. Now you've. you've I tell got you what. I, I, yep. I, I could load this up to the YouTube channel, couldn't I? Load what up? Um. This. This. I sh- well, I show you. But the thing is, I know it's copyright with music. It's. I don't know how much you're allowed. Whether it's 17 seconds or what. But. So what? What? What did you do? Did you rebuild something? I don't know. Let's see if we can find. Oh, it's not very good. Uh, Sean, no, I, I think it's probably best to send it to me. Send it through to okay, me. Okay, I'll send it. Oh, yeah, I will. Uh, so, we'll I'll, see if I'll we can put it up on it, Facebook yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. So, wait, so Sharon, you were saying what, a Korean? Yes, we have reviewed the other kingdom before. It's basically like a 
prequel story. Oh, the Kingdom, Kingdom the, series. Oh, the Korean, the Korean period zombie thing. Yeah, the Korean period zombie horror thing. Yeah, yeah. and this is like almost like a an origin story or a form of origin story for for that um, franchise. Well, it's not a franchise. There's two seasons of it. All right, cool. And it cool. tagged up on my list, and I thought, oh, well, I've watched the, the the Kingdom, so I shall watch this sort of mini special on it. All right, cool. Good stuff, good stuff. And with me, um, uh, as, I, as I told you guys, because whenever it comes to anything that's been released that is animation-wise, Shara's going to give it a wild berth. A wide <laughs> berth. <laughs> yeah, Shara's going to give it a wide berth. And so when I looked at the films that were, were out and available this week, I realized that the chips had fallen where the chips had fallen, and that meant that I had to go watch Space Jam, A New Ooh. Legacy. So, at the cinema, more on that later. And um, at home on Netflix, I finished off watching a series called The Kaminsky Method with Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. So, now, let's kick off because I think the really, the big thing this week is old. Old is the big noise this week. So, Sean, you want to kick off and tell us, tell us what is old about, well, yeah, tell us. Okay, so old starts off with this this family in a car. They've been sort of chosen for this this destination they were lucky they've been picked in a lottery to go to this idyllic idyllic resort with with everything you could want um and so far they, so fantasy island so fantasy island yeah so they turn up <laughs> and they're given cocktails and say oh we've done cocktails these are special cocktails for you and stuff and um uh and there's other people that are going and they say oh what we're going to do there's this absolutely fabulous fabulous deserted beach which only certain people know about there's only only certain people know about so we're going to get our driver to take you there to this sort of hidden beautiful beautiful beach and uh and there's this this young lad he's he's part of like he's like the the nephew of the guy who's running the resort yep and he's he sort of passed one to the young lad and he sort of passes him a code thing anyway like that but so yeah, that that's at the start so they've taken off to this island with you've got um a doctor and his wife you've got a like a rapper and his 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 girlfriend you've got this family you've got oh yeah you've got the the doctor's daughter yeah, so you've got, you've got various assortment of of fodder yeah very, very source men of fodder and obviously like the thing says and like probably not given away in the trailers strange things start to happen and it is a lovely beach it's a lovely sort of super beach and um but they start some really really strange things start to happen you know and yeah and, of... and i think everything from the poster to the trailer say that essentially you go to this beach and yeah. you, age, you age prematurely yeah you sort of age I, I i can't remember the exact time they said but like for every every 17 minutes it's like two years so okay so oh, okay so it's pretty fast and but the thing is, there are some advantages because, like, if you get cut, it just sort of heals up. But you still have the scar, but it like heals up within. All right. You, you know, like it's like whoa, chopped, cut, okay. and it, then it's like oh, right, okay, well that's healed. So, all right, all right. okay, so, so so I have a question here. That's the basic premise of the film. Do they ever explain why they don't just leave the beach if you realize that once you're on this beach, you start getting old? Because that was the question that I was. I was like, why don't you just leave the beach? Yeah. Well, they do try in various ways to get to get off the beach. They do because obviously they know something's wrong. So 
there's people how are we going to want to get off basically they, they go through a canyon and when they try to go back through the canyon it just like they they, they can't because it just knocks them out knocks them okay. out and then they yeah all right okay so, okay. so, so, um, so that's the basic premise and, yeah yeah and I, I feel like with the, once you have the basic premise you know okay a film people on the beach if they're still on the beach yeah. they get old what do they do with the premise? Is the, the is is it used well? Now, this is where um, I want to get Sean's reaction now because yeah, Sean's reaction. It's it's quite funny. It is it is used. I I think it's used quite well to start with, mm -hmm. but then things start to as as the film progresses, you know, there's there's a few sort of silly odds and sods which I think well, you know, but not enough. Not enough to detract from the film, but yeah, there's certainly moments where it's like, well, how, how did that happen? How did this happen? You can understand how, because there is, there is a quite a, there's a few harrowing moments in it because, let's just say, uh, you know, obviously, some of some of the people that are on this beach that they have issues as well. They've got issues, so yeah, um, and they've all they've obviously all been like this group of people have been selected for something you know obviously or they've been been chosen for whatever so in, in, uh, my, head, in my head is it almost it, it seems a bit like a slasher movie but the slasher there's, is there's, time yeah 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 that's it and, and there is a bit there is a little bit of slasher moments in there with um quite quite extreme violent moments um but yeah it's a really really interesting film and yeah i, I mean as i say the ending well but we can always <laughs> always talk about things like that but i can be forgiven this time forgiven i can forgive the film yeah. and it is quite it's quite a novel ending and obviously the young lad that that, that gave the code you know is, is there is something in that so well, well obviously it's an m night Shyamalan film right and yes he is known for his twist endings or he's known for his endings <laughs> so yeah it's, it's it's not a huge twist it's not a huge twist but oh, it is oh. a twist but yeah, it's not because, like a it's not like a whoa twist. It's uh, all right, yeah, okay. But but usually, almost without fail in his films, when his his endings change the way you see the whole or the color the way you see the film. So the ending either means oh yeah great, or the ending makes you think oh my god that was rubbish. So <laughs> yeah. so, so uh, with all that with the M Night Shyamalan high concept kind of twist ending, all that. Um, how many stars did you end up giving some giving old? Okay, well this was um. I would, I don't know, it's difficult. I was trying to think this. It was one of those films. I come out of the shaman, it's like, like you know, mother. And there's films like that, and it takes me a while to digest them. It sort of probably take me a day. But I think this is going to get a really, really, really high three. I oh, think right. a really, really high three. Okay. On the cusp of a four. Oh, but good. Oh, well, that is encouraging, actually. Yeah. So You know how sometimes, as you said, Toast, with his films, they're either almost like mini works of genius, or they just... Fail utterly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He doesn't seem to have a middle ground, does he? So, well, this maybe is well, is one of his middle grounds then. But you know, yeah. he really had like this sort of mini renaissance with the uh, split. With split, yeah, it's split, yeah. The other one, yeah. I've forgotten what it was called. Glass, <laughs> glass, that's it. Where he seemed to be like, yes, he's back, and he's delivering mm. um, quality stuff again. Yeah, well, the thing it. with him is, well, that you I'll... see. I always, say, I always think that with him, whatever happens, he doesn't just go for the middle ground. He 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 does try and do something. He yeah. try, you might not like what he does, but he does try and do something that you look at and go, "Oh, that's different." <laughs> yeah, as I say, it was you know it kept me it kept me entertained. Um, 
as I didn't have huge amounts of issues with it. But um, I, I mean, I'll tell you about it off screen, the ones that I did have, but otherwise it <laughs> might, be spoiler it might be spoilerific. And we don't you make that. me more inclined to want to go and see it. With our rating system, it is we do have a we do have sort of flexibility because we have like a mid, a high, and a uh, don't we really? Three, we have like, each, like... each number is a spectrum. <laughs> each number is yeah. a spectrum. Apart from a two, I don't think we've ever had a high two. I think we just no, I don't a... think we never have. No, we, yeah, I don't think we, we, never, we, never, we never had a high two or a high one. Oh, it's oh. just it's like, no, no, could have said it, could have said it. It's just about redeemable. <laughs> I did have a high one with Rambo. I wouldn't have given it any points at all, but I think because we had to give it something, it scraped up to one. So that was a high one. No, that was a high zero. That was <laughs> <laughs> zero. That was That's funny. Sharon, you, you, you'll be horrified at me, but actually it was on TV. That was one of the ones. That's one of the things I've watched again. Did we watch? I rewatched it. What, yeah. Rambo Last Blood? To see, to see how... It really was as awful as this. Okay, so at the moment, <laughs> I have to say, okay, I've got to give a shout out now to my cousin. Uh, so this is this is one of those good weeks where I found out that we actually have listeners that we haven't Whoa. paid. Yeah, that we haven't paid, <laughs> that we haven't cajoled, that we haven't put in a headlock to listen to us. We have listeners because I got a message from my cousin, um, Taiwo, who has gotten in touch with the church with the with the with us before, and he was talking about the fact that um, he got in touch with us before to say to say, oh my God, you were right about the Gerald Butler movie, um, Greenland. You were <laughs> right. And he, he was the one who was talking about the fact that for years, for like 20 years, I wasn't allowed to pick films because I picked one film that nobody liked when they wanted to see something blow, blowing up. And um, yeah, so yeah, he got back in touch going, where's the podcast? You missed a week. And I was like, oh yeah. Oh. We, yeah. And I was like, we, missed, I did, we did miss a week. I didn't think anybody would notice, but no. He was like, where is it? Oh, but, said, but it's okay. From your Facebook, I can see that you're on holiday, so I'll let you off. <laughs> <laughs> but bring my, my podcast. I want to listen to it when I'm on my tube on the way to work. So we have a listener. So I went hey. back to, to listen to one of the shows, um, to listen to one of the shows where he, where I gave him a shout out because he didn't know he, he he hadn't listened to that episode and I told him okay this is the episode go listen we actually gave you a shout out so Taiwo this is another one we gave you a shout out if you don't get back in touch with me I know you are not you don't listen to every single episode <laughs> and you're caught or but, all the way through <laughs> yes you don't listen to you're all like the way three minutes you're and you're gone <laughs> yeah so um but on that one we said we said that Sean you have a tendency to mellow the second time you watch a film I do yeah I do actually <laughs> surprisingly and, yeah, and, and this is this is what is playing out again. Sean Mellon, because I remember when Rambo Last Blood was released and Sharon wasn't actually, you couldn't make it, but you felt so strongly about this film. You sent us an email I review. emailed you we to did. say yeah, how much yeah, I yeah, despise yeah. that film. Yeah. You sent us an email review to talk about Rambo Last Blood, to talk about how much, how much you didn't like that film. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, and now Sean has watched it again and Sean has kind of mellowed. <laughs> It's the the effect of the small screen. The effect of the small screen makes yeah. you makes you a bit more melon. All right, cool. So now let's move forward. Let's move forward, and that is kicking off with the cinema section with old with three stars. And now we go on to Kingdom, um, Ashlyn of the North. Ashlyn of the North. Yeah. Ashlyn of the North. Now this was okay. The second you say Korean, I have like, like my ears prick up because there is some really good stuff coming out of Korea. Some really good, yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean, once, once you go past the K dramas, which are essentially, you know, they're soap operas and everything like that, which have a really, really big following, but not my cup of tea. But apart from that, when you say, "Oh, Korean zombie," I'm like, "Ooh, historical!" Ooh, all of a sudden. So, 
Sharon, do you want to tell us about Kingdom Ashen of the North? Yeah, so it is set in the world of um, the kingdoms. So there's two series of kingdoms, or basically set in historical um, Korea. I don't know exactly what period, but I imagine it's something like 15th or 16th century. So it's equivalent to it'd be like the age of the samurai if it was in, you know. So around about the same time as feudal Japan. Yes, that okay. you get the feeling it's that similar sort of some of the clothing and the look of it is about that sort of era. Yep. By my own sort of ignorant guessing. And so it's got really, really high production values. And so that world is basically um, it's imperial Korea where there's the emperor and all of his court, and it's very formal. And this is like a prequel to the the, the, the Korean series, which culminated in basically um, a, a, a form of zombie virus that sort of escapes and causes mayhem, and you see how they tackle it. And this sort of predates that, and basically it starts off where you meet Asin, who is a, a young girl. She's from like an ethnic group within Korea who is not widely recognised as being, you know, Korean people but they are an ethnic group that live there, just south of the Chinese border. And her father is basically living in this village, but he is a spy for the Korean local warlords. And he spies on this sort of, this, this community. And he, every now and then he reports back to his overlords. And then she has observing this, and there's, he's saying there, um, there's tension brewing between sort of rival uh, factions within Korea and across the borders uh, that's building up. And her father has basically been sent in to spy on what's going on. And he is, she doesn't know this at the time, but he is betrayed. And she is basically affected and her village is destroyed. The village that she has been living in, even though she's not part of that ethnic group. Yeah. And then she flees to the overlord to, to you know, get vengeance. And so she starts to work for him. And then she begins to realize that all is not as it seems. And while she was hunting in the forest, because she's one of these girls who was like, she would hunt for a family and she would track and she would, you know, she was you know, very fit and athletic and has trained herself in martial arts and, and in archery and other things. She has discovered this secret cave where this plant that creates the zombie is, can be found. And on the wall, there's this inscription saying, this plant, but, and with illustrations, this plant will raise the dead, but there is a price to pay. And so she has kept one of these flowers, one of these plants with her just yeah. in case. So originally she was going to use it because her mother was ill. And she said, well, if we use the plant, we won't lose our mum. And then when her village is destroyed, she then keeps it thinking, well, you know what? I've got this if I need it. And so I don't want to give too much more away, but you then see how basically how she then decides when and how she is going to use this plant and against whom and 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 the and but the fact that we end up having a sequel to this that has zombies everywhere well, yeah it kind of tells you I, so, I, I, I think i reviewed the first one didn't i, I yeah, i'm pretty did. certain i reviewed the first one and i've actually now sharon said this i did i watched this just before the pandemic when i was at that late when i just just before the lockdown I've, I've, I actually saw this series because I like the first one so much. Yeah, so they did yeah, the two, so. one of the first series last year. And I think it was so popular internationally that yeah, they yeah. they were quite quick to get season two made. And then this third, this is almost like a third instalment, um, but it's called like an a kingdom episode. But it's like an hour and a half long, so it's like a feature length. Oh, episode. okay, so it's, oh, it's okay. Maybe, like 
So, so, yeah. so I haven't seen this then. So this is called, it's, yeah, it's called Kingdom, Ashing of the North, A Kingdom should, oh, Special right, okay. Episode. So it's like a feature-length episode, because they're about an hour long. This is slightly longer, but this is about an hour and a half. So it's right, okay. like a feature-length story. Oh, All wow. Right, so now, spill the tea. What do you think of it? I thought the production values were amazing. My only reservations basically were, um, because it was, they dealt with some the, the politics of the time, I yeah. think if you know your Korean history and if you know your history between the, the rivalry between sort of Japan and Korea, Korea and China, the different ethnic groups that make up, you know, the different parts of Korea, I think I'd have a greater understanding of it. But I felt sometimes like there were like three or four different ethnic groups all basically vying with each other and they had a different look and they had, and they were saying, oh yeah, these people, they do this and all oh, these people, they do this. And I was thinking, because to me, it sounded exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm getting a bit confused as to who is who here and, yeah. you know, what's what. But saying that, the story was very good and it did it keep me engaged all the way through. And I genuinely did not see the ending, even though I knew it. I thought, I was thinking, you know, how does it tie in with the actual Kingdom series? You don't find out until actually the very, very end. And I didn't, I hadn't worked that at all. So it really, I, to me, it worked as a, as a standalone as an introduction to the kingdom, I think it would be you could you could come at it from having seen the series, you could come at it, or you could see it first and then lead it on to the series. So I don't think it matters which order you see it in, which is I think all credit to it because sometimes these special ones are so yeah. dependent upon you having an understanding of the world yeah. in which they inhabit that this doesn't. So you could come at this fresh from this point and you'd still enjoy it. Right. Well, I thought it was very good. I would give it a definite four. I quite a, firmly in the four camp. So, so good so the kingdom series it doesn't embarrass its stable mates it continues on no oh. no not at all all right cool and now now we get on go you go back to cinemas and we go back to the film mm -hmm. that uh, by elimination by elimination <laughs> i ended up with i ended up with now this is a film this is a film that i didn't particularly want to watch because it's a film that i did not have high hopes for it's a film that i thought was going to essentially i looked at this film and i thought you know everything that this film is going to be just by looking at the poster, just by hearing the name. And this, the film is Space Jam, A New Legacy. So obviously this is kind of like a sort of sequel to Space Jam, which was the film that put Michael Jordan as the basketball great in the film with Looney Tunes. Tunes. Now, yeah. those, are, those are two things I like separately. Michael, Michael Jordan, yeah, basketball, yeah. Looney Tunes, yeah. Put them together, I was never really sure about it. And, the, and this is a film that obviously we have LeBron James, who is looked at the new sort of like, you know, greatest of all time or the greatest talent of his generation. And they've put him in a film and they, they've said, OK, we're going to do we're going to re redo that formula. And it, it uh, well, I would say <laughs> I, I would say it doesn't work. But I think it works for who they want it to work for. So for right. kids who are going to go watch this film, who like basketball, who like LeBron James, who like, I think it will work. But this is the kind of film in which the, they try and give you a storyline. And the film kicks off. And you can see that they're trying to put all this storyline into it. And you're like, oh, my God, you're actually trying to put a storyline. Why are you trying to put a storyline? Because it starts off with LeBron James's childhood and how he has to throw away a Game Boy and stop playing Looney Tunes so he could focus on basketball. That when he grows older, he's a dad now and he's trying to get his sons to focus on basketball. And it's from the word go, yeah, it's like from the from the first scene, you can just so sort of see uh, this is the arc that's going to happen. This is where it's going to end up. This is what this film is going to be. Now, 
LeBron James, the first time I ever saw him act was in a film called Trainwreck with the Amy, the Amy Schumer film. And mm. he was okay. so, he was surprisingly good in Trainwreck. Like I remember watching Trainwreck, I'm really thinking, he is like the sequel weapon of this film. He was actually really quite funny in it. And it seems like he can do comedy, but not so much drama. And there's even a, <laughs> and this film is so, so this one was made by Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers owned the Looney Tune. And this entire film is like, it is like a, it is it is a barely disguised advert for Warner Brothers. The entire film is it's a barely disguised advert for Warner Brothers saying, How great are Warner Brothers? Look how wonderful we are. <laughs> so there's a bit where the Warner Brothers guys they call they call him over to the office and the Warner Brothers and they have people like Sarah Silverman playing Warner Brothers, they have Stephen Yoon. Stephen Yoon shows up and they have all these people playing cameos in tiny roles that doesn't do anything for them. But it's and so they they say, oh LeBron, we've got this, we've come up with this amazing idea. Um, we've come up with this amazing idea that we can scan you, and we can put you into a whole bunch of different films. And LeBron James says this at line, which is supposed to be funny, but ends up being a bit too pres- prescient. Where, which is where he says he says, oh he's like, no, he's like, look, I'm an athlete. I want to play. I want to play on the court. I want to do my talking on the court. It's like putting athletes into acting that never goes well. <laughs> and you can see why they wrote that line you can see that it's supposed to be funny it's supposed to be nudge nudge wink wink but it is you're looking at this film going yeah yeah because this happens about 20 minutes in and i'm looking and going yeah this is not going well <laughs> this isn't going well the bad guy of the film is an algorithm and this is where it gets like total advert for warner brothers the bad guy of the film is an algorithm within something called the server verse and the server verse is essentially the big computer at warner brothers so he is within the computers at warner brothers and when lebron james says he doesn't like the idea that the algorithm has come up with the algorithm gets all annoyed and decides i'm going to take over the world and then pulls lebron james and his son into the computer wow yeah, and then when they go into the computer, they start going around to the different areas of the different worlds within the serververse. So there's Harry Potter world. Who makes Harry Potter movies? Warner Brothers. There's the Matrix world. Who made the Matrix movies? Warner Brothers. There's Looney Tunes world. Who makes that? Warner Brothers. There's Casablanca world. Who makes that? Warner Brothers. So, so you have all these bits where it's essentially just like an advert. So they go to DC world because obviously Warner Brothers does all the DC movies and all that sort of stuff and you have like they're going to a Batman thing they're going to a Superman thing and it's just like an advert for Warner Brothers saying look uh-huh. how much stuff we own look how great it is and obviously because it's a Space Jam movie it's going to end in a it's going to culminate in a you know basketball game and the basketball game not the basketball itself but the way they do the basketball game is when the 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 one spark of joy I got from this film happened because because they're in the serververse, this algorithm, who is called Al G Rhythm, played by Don Cheadle of all people, so, so he decides that he's going to call everybody to come watch this basketball game that's going to decide the fate of the serververse. He's like, "Come on along, everybody, come watch this basketball game," and they call all of the characters that Warner Brothers have. So. Uh, so you have this basketball game, and I think you know I, I wasn't I wasn't watching the basketball game. I was ignoring. I was looking in the background to see what <laughs> characters showed up. So King Kong shows up. I'm like, yes. The Iron Giant shows up. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it, it does a, it does a similar trick to what Ready. You remember Ready Player One? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, Kong, yeah, yeah. Where you have that bit where you have all these characters, and you have like you know, oh my god, it's effing Chucky. <laughs> and it's like, and it does. The difference is that Ready Player One is not as blatant. It's not as blatant a uh, product placement thing. This is 
set of Warner Brothers made by Warner Brothers in the Warner Brothers computer. But you're looking in the background and like the Flintstones show up and the Jetsons show up. And, and, and there's, and there's all these more obscure characters that there's more, there's really, really obscure characters that most, I don't expect anybody to know apart from me. Have you guys ever heard of a, of a cartoon called Jabba Joe? No. He is no. a talking shark. Jabba Joe is in the background. I'm like, oh my god, it's Jabba Joe. Jabba Joe is in the background. And then you have like you know Foghorn Leghorn, and you have all the guys from the Leghorn. Wacky Races, and all the people from the Hanna Barbera cartoons are just in the background cheering. Then you have the Agent Smith from the Matrix. You have them. You have like those sort of like agents in the background. You have um the you have the Whites from Game of Thrones. The Night King is just sort of standing in the background watching a basketball game. <laughs> sounds that sounds like um yeah that sounds it's, it's just like wait for it to come on video and watch the end bit <laughs> honestly honestly that's the only thing yeah. I, I, I want to go back and pause this thing freeze frame and see who is it in the background and identify who's in the background that now and that bit was absolute joy no notifying who it was in the background watching this basketball game for me was absolute joy apart from that the rest of the film was ugh, it was it was bad acting it was hackney storyline it was made for kids in the worst possible way right <laughs> it was made for kids in the worst possible way and i don't think i can give it anything higher than a two and one of those stars is merely for the joy i had looking at all <laughs> the, the background characters yeah, yeah. Which is basketball game that's it <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent i don't think there's a joke in this film that lands there is not a joke in this film that lands and there's even one bit that they do. There's because obviously there's a the original one has Michael Jordan in it. There's a bit where they do something about oh Michael Jordan, and I spotted exactly what they were doing. I was like, this is what's going to happen, and exactly that <laughs> happened. And when when it happened, it was it, it couldn't even be called a punchline. So yeah, I'm sorry. Two out of three, uh, two two out of five. And so now we move back to to Netflix and Friends. And now this is something that Sean we need to we need to reinstate a rule. Uh, we need to reinstate our Netflix and cinema rules because Indeed. obviously we have let them we let them lie a bit because it's been a hard eighteen months for people and we thought oh, you know what it's uh, what's the point of doing this we, we have a show called Netflix and cinema and we don't even have any cinema so even the title of our show makes is, has been made a nonsense <laughs> of so we might as well just let everything go in but but our usual our usual rules for Netflix and cinema is that if you're going to watch something at home. If you're going to watch a TV series, you have to finish watching the entire series. You can't just come in here on three episodes out of ten and say, "Oh, I think it's brilliant." No, you can, we have to. You have to watch the entire series. Um, the other one was that if you're watching something at home, it has to be something you haven't seen before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I can't remember what the third one was. If you're watching a series, you have to watch all of the parts. And, yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah, I already said that. Already said that, that bit. Yeah. I'm sure that there's something else. There was there was one other rule that we had, which of yours was so important that we've forgotten what it was. But... We'll have to we'll have to we'll have to revise the rules. But yeah, no, I agree. I need 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 to do. Um, we do need yeah. to look at some. Yeah. So so, so we'll, we'll let I... we'll let this one go because this is the final one. You watched Aliens. You watched I the Aliens I watched, again. I, I watched something else on Netflix that has finally come to me as well. I mean, I thought well, Aliens is just going to yeah. be. Aliens is Aliens is Aliens is just like the, one of the greatest films ever. So exactly. enough said. I mean, I mean, the second you bring Aliens out, that's kind of like a game over. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the reason I picked, picked Aliens out was because I've got this game, Aliens, another glorious day in the core. 
And it's just, it just kind of like a board game. Like a board game, yeah. It's a board game. And I mean, I have played it. I've played it at Friends and I kept going on and I kept going on about how great this game was because it's just like the movie and I want Sharon to play it. And sometime it would be great for... And you've got all the characters in there. You've got your Vasquez. I like being Vasquez personally because she's pretty good. When yeah, because Vas Vasquez is a badass. She is a badass. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, I go back. I, I shall swap it now just for it was a short. I watched a short documentary on me, um, Netflix. Oh, so we're pulling aliens. So we're going to pull aliens because I think that's a bit unfair because that was one of our rules. And, and I've had this, but oh, we'll stick okay, with aliens. Right. So I'm going to go for this goodbye, Saigon. All right, goodbye, Saigon. Okay, we're yeah, goodbye, Saigon. So, but, but, okay, so but, uh, just to say, the reason why you got the game, board game aliens is because you have recently retired for the second time. And there was, you should see Sean's hoard. Sean has a hoard of stuff, <laughs> of stuff that people gave Sean when he retired, just to show you how much he is loved. Either how much he is loved or how much they don't want him to come back. So <laughs> it's one, one of the two. And yeah, and part of this hoard was Aliens, another, a glorious day in the court. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Toes, is I will send you the links and maybe you can post them on the Facebook page because I've got yeah. a picture of the things I've got. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah send, I, send me the picture. Send me the picture. I also, I also got a Jaws game as well, which which to re to rewatch. But but I think to be fair with the rules, I just you know because because you nailed it. You've seen something on the streaming platform, and this was actually on Netflix, which I I managed to watch. Okay. And it's, yeah. So so I'm going to do said this. Goodbye. One. Goodbye, Saigon. Goodbye, Saigon. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, so tell us what is Goodbye Saigon about? Okay. It's basically a documentary about this band that um, they were a European band. And they signed on for this contract to, they signed a, a contract and, but they ended up going to Vietnam in the middle of like, as, as the Vietnam war was starting to, to finish. And it's basically, uh, it's, as I said, it's a documentary, um, it's subtitled a lot of the time, but it just shows lots and lots of footage of Vietnam about, so it goes between these these people being interviewed and then it shows you clips of different different parts of retreat you know some of the nasty things some of and uh, i mean i'm really into my vietnam war stuff so but it was um what can we say about it, it it's just basically that it's just basically a montage of of clips intersped with um with interviews but and the and, well, the driving force of the story is a band yeah. who a band up, that that ended up getting drafted well not not drafted as such but just they signed this contract to actually go to and perform for like the uso performing oh Vietnam. like a uso thing yeah yeah like a uso thing so they ended up um and of course this is intercut with all the hippies and and all the riots and all the all the demonstrations and all the protests, and all that. All yeah. the protests against the vietnam war yeah and it's basically um a montage of of clips of of what was going on at that particular time and how frightened they were because you know they didn't really know when they was over there and there's all this stuff going on and how scared yeah. and it's um yeah i mean any stuff like that i, I I'm, I'm fascinated by vietnam for some reason because it's like one of the most filmed wars ever and mm. i mean after that after this after that conflict they've never ever allowed you know, they've all been stage managed, didn't they, really? From the Falklands well, yeah. War to the Gulf War. Whereas this was just any foreign journalist could go over there and film anything and do anything. And there's some, some really quite nasty footage, as we know. 
So, yeah, but that's that, that's basically the film. It is a documentary with and a montage of clips with with a few interviews about what how people felt, what happened, you know, what it was like over there. And it's for for me, it was very very watchable as a Netflix thing. Um, All right. So compared to Ken Burns, the Vietnam War. Um. Yeah. No. No. It doesn't doesn't quite reach those heights. It doesn't quite reach those heights because. Um, being a being a foreign film and being subtitled, there was that sort of uh, detracted slightly away away from it. So, oh, so, so but it's but it'd be worth. I mean, you can see it. You can actually see it on Netflix. So it so is wait, Netflix. Wait, was this band was this band American or was the band? No, 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 no. It was European. It was European. So, so, so I think what, it was a bit so of a mixture what, what... of like like Norway, Swedish, you know, Dutch, Dutch right. mainly Dutch. So yeah, and and that's that was where the conflict was. I think was where. They like they just signed a, a contract, and they just ended up sort of shooting. Out. Are you all right, Ty? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Sorry, it's just that the weather's <laughs> been weird, and all of us. It was raining and it was dark and it looked like you know the Independence Day ship was about to come out from behind a from behind yeah, a yeah. cloud, and all of a sudden now it's blinding sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> While it's still oh, raining. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, that looks. It looks like it's a glorious sunshine there. Yeah, but but I can still see raindrops falling outside my window right now. But so so yeah. Anyway, so so yeah. So this this would not be like for for me, it would not be like a Ken Burns documentary or you know something. But, but I just I just really fascinated. I just really fascinated with the Vietnam Vietnam War and some footage. And there's also in this in this particular one, there's one like the retreat from towards the end. And there's footage in this that I haven't seen before. So and I mean I've watched a so, lot of Vietnam War footage, but in this, so it must be from. I got a feeling it's probably from, you know, French journalists or. or, or so, so the band had documented their time there, so it was kind of like a insider's view. Yeah, insider's view. Yeah, with with intersped with with lots and lots and lots of clips. Most of the time, it was just like clips of Vietnam, of soldiers, of civilians, of the battles, of like people, just the mayhem, really, just absolutely, absolutely crazy mayhem. And so, and so, so with all the, how many stars would you give it? On the, on the whole, I'd probably give this a three star. I didn't like. I didn't think it was was. It wouldn't be unless you're interested in the Vietnam War, and you like watching footage of Vietnam and and riots. It probably wouldn't be. Well, it wouldn't tell you. It wouldn't tell you much that you know you, you didn't. Yeah, already. that you didn't already know. But it was interesting for me to see some of the clips that I haven't seen before. So yeah, so I get, I get, gets a three star. All gets right. a three star. And the rip. I mean, the reason I think that's fair, actually, to, to do a Netflix thing rather than Aliens, because otherwise, you know, Aliens for me is going to get a five star. Yeah, like, Aliens is going to be know. a five. I mean, so, so, like... so that that would be a bit uh, that'd be a bit unfair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Good point. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. I can't believe I totally missed that. that. You know, I should, that's why I should, Sharon just pointed out what I should have said. It's like once you pick Alien, it's game over, man. Game, game over. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it is iconic. I must have watched it so many times and it's so quotable. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's what we used, that's what we do all the time now. And now we might get Dan interested so I can actually, he can join in the game. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. All right, cool. And now with that, we now go to our final film in the cinema. And Sharon, this is you. And you saw something called Off the Rails, a film oh, I didn't yeah. even hear about. I'm looking forward to this, actually, because I did look at this one. Yeah, okay. this is a British film. Yep. It's a British film. Basically, it start the premise it starts off with is um there are four friends who've been pals. They're all women in there now in their sort of late forties, early fifties. 
Um, they've been friends since their girlhood and the four of them have just been pals and in their 20s they did a road trip across Europe. Is this the Blondie musical? Yeah, the Blondie musical. Oh, all right, cool, good. And yeah. so they did it while they were on the trains. They got a train ticket, so they travelled across Europe in their 20s. And this film opens up basically with the news that one of the four has died of cancer. And she has left them to say, you know, that we never got to do what we wanted to do, which was to go to Palmer, Palmer Cathedral to watch God's disco ball which is basically there's this phenomenon that only happens at certain times of the year when the light is right, where the sun hits the stained glass windows and it creates like this natural disco ball effect in the sky. And it's known as that God's disco ball. And they said they missed it because they missed the boat all those years ago. And she said, I'm going to leave you as this is my will to you. This is my, I'm going to give you this as my last request, finish the journey, go to it, go do it. And, um, here's the tickets to do it. I'm paying for you to go and do this as in my memory and to celebrate the friendship we had. And her 18 year old daughter basically takes her place. Mm. And so the four of the, the four of the friends, an American actress, uh, a doctor who's overworked and a little bit stressed. And uh, a, a single woman who is looking after her dad, who's now in a retirement home and worrying about money. So these three sort of friends who've been friends since school, but, have sort of their waves have parted a little way, then set off on this journey to recreate this sort of idyllic summer of their of their youth. Yeah. Uh, starting off sort of on the before they went by ferry, but this time they go on the Eurotunnel to Paris and then they make their way down through Spain to cross over on the boat on a ferry to go to Parma and then to see this phenomenon. And so that's it basically. You see them, they have their adventures and their misadventures as they travel and they um reveal their darkest secrets and uh, they have these yes adventures on the way oh okay so so that's that's about it and i have to admit i because i say i hadn't heard of this film but about literally about two days ago i saw a poster and it said future in the music of blondie and i felt like well that's a film that's been made by algorithm because yeah. you're like, let's see, people liked Mamma Mia. So let's get this music for a certain kind of thing. Let's make it a bit nostalgic because the music will be nostalgic. And it's aimed for the people who would have been listening to Blondie Fresh the first time around. Yes, so, aimed so, at my age. So, yeah. yes, it was my age because you know, Blondie was, was everywhere when in the sort of late 70s, early 80s, during my sort of formative years, as it were. So, yes, it was, it was targeted at, uh, at we sort of, you know, yeah so, so, it, so i feel like it's a, it's a film that has been a film that has been engineered to take money from a certain group of people yes so, and <laughs> the audience basically was us. it was just it was that demographic the whole everyone in a cinema you look around you're thinking yep i i would guarantee that everyone in here went to school in the 1980s <laughs> uh, i will probably probably try to copy debbie harry's fashion so yeah. So, so we know that you're gonna like the songs. We know you're gonna like the songs. And with these films, I don't, I don't be even though it's a film that's engineered to take your money. I mean, most films are, but this one particularly seems quite cynical to me. Yeah. The question is, did they do a good job in, in it? Did they give you something worth your money? Well, sadly for me, I didn't think it flew. I thought I got the idea that they wanted it to do, but for me, it just didn't have that ring of truth about it. Mm -hmm. I. Because um, I'm all for sort of films that celebrate women's friendships, um, but it all seemed a little bit contrived. I have to say, um, you know, the the sort of the secrets in the part they set up a lot of stuff like you know the woman um, 
uh, the great cast, um, Jenny Agatha, not Jenny Agatha, Jenny Seagrove um, was, was the one who's never married, never had children. Yeah. Um, but she was looking after her dad and it was, it was like basically she was struggling to pay for his bills. Yeah. That was like thrown in there, but then they did nothing with it. Um, the American actress played by Kelly Preston in her last film role, I believe. Oh, um, oh. She was um, like an alcohol, like a struggling with alcoholism. She's been in the same, she's been playing a nurse in like a general hospital type soap opera for years. Yeah. And um, she was getting tired of it, but she didn't know quite, she doesn't want to leave the job because it's her, how she earns her money. But she's yeah. like in a messy divorce with trying to get custody of her son. Again, that's thrown in there, but. Again, they didn't really, it was a bit clumsy what they did with that. Um, Sally Phillips plays like the overworked doctor who's been married, um, married her child, her school sweetheart, basically. So she's never been with anyone else, never had any other sort of lasting relationship. And then things start happening in that relationship. And again, you think it's a little bit. By the numbers. By the numbers. And I, I and they, they have these cameos, like Franco Nero appears as this, like, you know, Oh yeah, he's gonna uh, some aging, aging Italian Lothario that yeah. one of them might possibly have a romance with. Exactly, and then Jack <laughs> Miller turns up as someone who decides that he was an accountant in Britain, but he's gonna sort of throw caution to the winds and sort of live in Spain, and so he basically was like an accountant in Spain. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you so, uh, so at the end of it, um, how many stars would you give it? I would. I'm, I was struggling to like. I like. I wanted to like it. That's the thing about some of these films. You think I want to be, to feel that joy that these women had to go because I've had these friendships with people that go back twenty years. So I wanted to like it, but I, I smiled in a few places. But enough, I didn't laugh at all. Oh, yeah. so I would say, to be fair, I would give it a two. Because Ooh, oh wow! I'm glad. I'm glad you because. To be mm. fair, I mean, I would say to be generous, I'd give it a three. But to be honest with you, it to me, it just did not. I, I didn't believe any of it. I didn't believe any of the women. I didn't believe in their friendship. And I didn't believe the people they met. And there's a few scenarios where you're thinking that just would not happen. That would not happen. That's a Shawnee trait, that is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, even, so even though it's a musical, it doesn't carry you away enough for you to just suspend Well, they don't it. actually sing. It's just the back. There's just a soundtrack is Blondie's song. So, what? They don't so sing. It's not a musical. I know. So there's no, it's just literally when, they, when they're in the train, you hear Blondie's songs playing. And every now and then they'll play like All Sunday Girl. And so there's no, not, they, the cast don't sing. The cast don't. That's terrible. No, it is. It's just <laughs> A Blondie soundtrack. It's not, you wouldn't call it a musical by any stretch. And that's a bit like, you know, the film Last Christmas, the one with Emilia Clarke and Henry yeah. Golden in it. How they were making a big deal about the fact that this was all inspired by the music of Wham! and all that. And then you yeah. watch the film and there's nothing, there's no, apart from the title, there's nothing, there's nothing to, okay, that's annoyed me. That's... One karaoke song, to give it effect, they, they do sing one karaoke song, a Blondie song at this drag bar. Um, with karaoke and so um, no I so I wanted to like it but I just I just there wasn't enough substance to it it just did not it, there's no ring of truth to it and I think if you're going to have honest filmmaking and you want to write stories about women's friendships that endure for years you need to be truthful and this felt like it was just what they by, written by committee where they wanted to make it this would be funny let's do this that would be funny it 
just wasn't. So I'm sorry. It's like, sorry, off the rails. Yeah, yeah. It sounds to be like, oh, yeah, because I looked at the post and I went, this has been made by people who thought, well, they like Mamma Mia, they should like this. They're bound so, to like this, yeah. <laughs> all right, okay. So now we go into a final thing, which is at Netflix, which is at Netflix. And looking at the scores at the moment, this film is going, this one I'm going to talk about has going to have to bomb terribly. <laughs> terribly to give cinema a chance this week <laughs> it's, it's going to have to be like you know one of the worst things i've ever watched to um to give cinema a chance this week unfortunately for cinema this is not one of the worst things i've ever watched this is one of the things that is that i think you look at netflix and you say right netflix have nailed it with this netflix have done this they should do more stuff like this i know sean you are constantly talking about how netflix is like when they make original stuff, when they make original films, you think that they're just making them because they're just kind of like, oh, they just give the people a whole bunch of money to do stuff. And yeah, but when it comes to TV shows, there are some of them, like, I mean, Queen's Gambit, um, Bojack Horseman, and the Kominsky Method, where mm. they have, they hit on something. And a couple of weeks ago, you spoke about the comeback trail with Robert De Niro, Tommy Lee Jones, and Morgan Freeman playing, like, you know, aging people. And, and I mentioned the Kominsky Method then, saying that I was <laughs> in the middle of watching it. And what I love about this is that it is these old stars who used to be the the they used to be the the hot young thing on the block. They and even as they grew older, I mean Michael Douglas, the fact that he got married to Catherine Sister Jones, there was always the fact that oh, this is a man who doesn't realize how old he is, doesn't realize how old he's getting. And the Kaminsky method is totally, totally about Michael Douglas accepting the fact that I'm getting old. And he plays a guy called Sandy Kaminsky who is an actor he, he was an actor but he never made it big and so he oh he runs a an acting studio he, he runs an acting um school in la and it's about him trying to do that and it's just about a lot of this is him and alan arkin fighting with each other and by <laughs> just going back and forth and sniping at each other and their relationship is so good it's one of those relationships i think it's one of the all-time great screen buddy relationships where you can sit down and listen to them talk for an hour about all sorts of random stuff. Usually it's about how big their prostates are getting. It's about the fact that they need to sort of like, you know, they need to they need to strengthen their pelvic floors. There's a whole conversation uh, having a car yeah. about what sound their pelvic floor makes. And oh, mine's a little bit creaky. It's I, I reckon it goes like, <laughs> and it's it's just really really good. I mean, you have you have a great cast. You have um, in later in later seasons, Paul Reiser shows up. Uh, there's Sarah Baker plays um, plays Sandy Kaminsky's daughter. Uh, you have Jane Jane Seymour shows up at one point. Nancy Travis is there as a love as a love interest of of Michael Douglas' character because even even his character Sandy Kaminsky, they talk about the fact that he never dates anybody his age and he's finally dated dated somebody age appropriate and that makes a big part of there's three seasons that makes a big part of the first of the first season act um, arc. But at the same time as being a comedy about getting older and going all these different things and about how the world is changing around them and they don't really understand it at all, at the same time, because it's something about them getting older, I feel like it's also very real about some of the heartache that comes from getting older. So about, uh, about having to deal with loss and having to deal with death. And there, there's, there's characters who are quite significant to the plot who, over the course of the three seasons, die. And it's and the way that it's dealt with and the way people actually go about it, it's it's not cheapened, it's not just made in for into a laugh or anything like that. The characters are allowed to actually go through something. But I think the Kaminsky method is a very, very, very good thing. One of the best things I've seen Michael Douglas do in years. 
where he, th- there's I mean there's a scene in the first episode in the first season where he's running around a casino looking for looking for um the Alan Arkin character and even the way he's running even the way he's running you're like it is totally it, it, there, there is there's no vanity there is no vanity there's no oh, I want to look cool because you know I'm the I'm a big star don't you know who I am Michael Douglas I've got to look but the way he's running around this place in his pajamas trying to find his friend you're just kind of like oh my god there is no vanity in this this is just this guy accepting the fact I'm old <laughs> I'm old I need to start acting my age I absolutely love this I love this show I think it's brilliant I give it a 4 out of 5 wow. so yeah, so I would I would recommend the Kaminsky method to anybody if if for no other reason to see two old men sit down and talk about the fact that they're getting old. Who knew that, <laughs> that could Who knew that could be so so entertaining? Mm, I might have and, to watch that. I'm starting to feel that myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking that. Sure, there might be there might be a lot that you would identify with. <laughs> there might be a lot that you identify with. Mm. I mean, hey, I'm as old as them, and I'm already beginning to think. Mm-hmm, yeah, I can see myself getting there. <laughs> I can see those. I can see myself getting there. So that is it for this week. Uh, Netflix versus cinema. And as I said, yeah, Kominsky method would have to have been a really, really, really bad to it have to one. Just yeah, to... yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think Netflix and friends blew blew the cinema out of the park this week, don't yeah, you? Yeah. It did a bit. It did a bit. I That's mean, okay. Uh, happens. Got to happen sometimes. It's yeah. Sometimes. It's going to happen sometimes, but the, but the thing is, the thing is, uh, this is where we have to think, this is where we have to get a bit philosophical about it and say, sometimes it's not about quality. It's about what people will pay money to watch. And yes. the fact that when I went to see Space Jam, A New Legacy, the place was packed for really? COVID times. It's, it, was the most, it was the most packed cinema I've been in since wow. cinemas came back. And it was a lot of parents with a lot of kids. Uh, <laughs> and, and a lot of first a lot of kids and even though there were kids getting up and going to the toilet multiple times during the during the screen of the film there were parents who were sat down there on their phones because they were like oh my god one parent bought a mcdonald's in there and you can see that she was you were just thinking what the hell is this you can see who <laughs> space jam made this you can see who they made who Warner brothers made this film yeah, for. yeah 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 and yeah and if they make money then cinemas will stay open and off the rails there's going to be a whole bunch of people who because I've the, I know that we are a bit more, as big headed as it sounds, we're a bit more discerning, and we are like a bit more. Oh no, actually, I think that that's not that good. There's still going to be loads of people who are going to go watch that film. Yes, it's, it's still going to make its money, and it, if it means that it gives Sally Phillips enough money to show up in another film, well, I can handle that. So yeah, but today, but this week, cinema has not given us much. So until next week, when I think we shall see the Suicide Squad. Mm. And yeah. I think Sean, you, you would have seen the Sparks documentary. Yes, the Sparks documentary. Until that time, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye for me, and it's a goodbye for me. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye.